Hello and welcome to this latest installment of Barnards on the NBA. I'm your host, Matt Barnard, and I'm joined here by my son and co-host, Emilio. Hey, it's me, Emilio. Yes, and we're uh, joining you uh, once again this week to uh, run down one of our uh, college all-time teams. Now, this one has been uh, in the hopper for uh, for a while. Been meaning to get to it, and uh, this week we finally will discuss the uh, greatest uh, players to come out of Arizona State, based on uh, how they performed in the NBA. Uh, yes, we will. We're going to be uh, using our typical format for these all-time teams. We're going to be running down a uh, starting lineup based on uh, how these guys performed in the NBA and ABA. Uh, we're going to start at center, then go to power forward, small forward, shooting guard, and point guard. And in this case, we've also filled out a uh, seven-man bench to get us up to uh, 12 players who uh, attended Arizona State. Yes, we have, and um, this is going to be an interesting one with um, some good players coming out of this college. No doubt about it. So uh, without further ado, let's uh, jump right into it and talk about our uh, starting center on this uh, Arizona State all-time team. Mills, who you got? I had Alton Lister, and I think we can just go straight to the fact that he got dumped on by Sean Kemp, and it was embarrassing. But he also did have a pretty good career in the league. I mean, he averaged over 10 points per game one year and put together a solid career for himself. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, taken uh, with the 21st overall pick in the uh, 1981 NBA draft out of Arizona State, uh, this guy's a big man for sure. I mean, seven-footer, uh, 240 pounds, and a consistent number 53 wearer over the course of his career. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, he played in a bunch of different teams, and to wear 53 in all of those is uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, racked up uh, all those games across a career with the Bucks, uh, Sonics, the Warriors, the uh, Bucks again, then the Celtics and the uh, and the Blazers. So uh, just uh, I know you referenced uh, the uh, uh, Lister Blister uh, from uh, at the beginning of the episode here. Uh, just uh, fill our, our listeners in who maybe don't have all the backstory. I know we've mentioned it a few times on the podcast, but uh, worth mentioning uh, how that came to be. Yes, um, just a nasty dunk by Sean Kemp. And um, he gave us Alton Lister the point at the end of his dunk. He just dunked all over Alton Lister and gave him the point. And it was just embarrassing for Alton Lister and a highlight he'll be seeing for the rest of his life. No doubt about it. Uh, cer- certainly uh, part of Alton Lister's uh, story in the NBA. But a guy who really uh, played played quite a few minutes, uh, 582 starts over the course of, uh, of uh, a whole bunch of years in the league. Uh, I guess it was 16 years total, 15 years uh, from when he uh, from when he began. A guy who had a, a career as a coach as well, uh, coaching at uh, Mesa Community College, uh, among other places. Yeah, I mean, currently coaching as on um, the Ateneo Blue Eagles as an assistant. Not sure how to pronounce that, but. Um, I think that is a college uh, in the Philippines. Wow, a college in the Philippines, and um, yeah, I mean, not native to the Philippines, so it's cool that he's getting out there. Definitely, and uh, has the uh, the second most uh, games all time for a player who uh, wore number fifty three in the league. Mm, that's behind, interesting. I mean, behind only uh, Artis Gilmore. Wow, I mean, not many fifty three wears out there. That's uh, that's true. Although uh, more more fifty three wearers than as you get up higher into the uh, into the fifties, I think. Yeah. Uh, that fifty three uh, retired at uh, at Arizona State, so certainly a uh, a notable player to uh, to come out of there. I, I had Alton Lister at center as well. I think he's uh, pretty clearly the choice. This is a uh, group of players that Very... tends to skew more towards the guards. Yes. Right. All right. So uh, having covered uh, Alton Lister, we'll get to a uh, maybe less. 
less notable player uh, with uh, our, our power forward selection. Mills, uh, Mills, who'd you have there? I had Arthur Becker. Like you, you probably haven't heard of this guy before. Well, he played um, in the seventies, and there. I mean, he was a two-time All Star, and there's barely any information about him. Yeah, kind of a light uh, Wikipedia page, so you have to do some uh, supplemental research to learn about Arthur Becker. But this guy is uh, 6'7", 205. Uh, as you mentioned, a two-time All-Star, played uh, uh, on a uh, ABA title-winning team in Indiana in uh, 1970, and a guy who played uh, all his career, all his professional basketball career in the uh, in the ABA. Yeah, and um, he's still alive, so, I mean... Not only is he still alive, I mean, post-career, this guy has uh, served as president of the uh, National Junior College, uh, College Athletic Association. Which is on pretty good. I mean, it's like one step down from the NCAAs. Yeah, not too bad. I mean, you're talking about junior colleges as opposed to uh, yeah. traditional four-year uh, colleges. But yeah, and uh, I was taking the uh, 1964 draft, uh, 24th overall. It was the third round at the time. Not too shabby. Yeah, not at all. And um, a champion um, in his career and um, put together a career for himself for sure. I mean, playing quite a few games and um, minutes in the league, getting um, 35.4 minutes a game in his first season and becoming an All-Star. With 18.8 points per game. And age 26, too. Yeah. I mean, getting drafted that late is pretty rare. Came, came in kind of late. Has, uh, and I, I know some, uh, when I was doing research for this episode, uh, you know, you're looking around Wikipedia and all that stuff. Arthur Becker, I mean, you might, might not see him uh, go by that name. Yeah, he might go by Art Becker. And um, that's even what it says on his Wikipedia page, which is very interesting. Um, it has a nickname, Art, on... Um, basketball reference, but does not have um, his art as his um, formal name. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good point. So uh, known for, uh, I mean, not only did he, uh, you know, serve with the, uh, serve as uh, president of the uh, NJCAA, also a uh, men's basketball coach at uh, Scottsdale Community College, and also a uh, tennis coach at the college level. Wow. I remember we, we talked about someone previously during our previous run of episodes uh, that also served as a uh, tennis coach in addition to a basketball coach. Can't quite recall who that was, but Art <laughs> Becker joining uh, those ranks. Now, as I mentioned, uh, the uh, Wikipedia page for Art Becker, uh, rather skimpy. So you got to, uh, yeah, yeah. You got to dig a little deeper, look into his, uh, his bio on the uh, NJCAA uh, page. To, I mean, uh, you're going to get a good bio for him. I mean, he's the head. Yeah, I mean, you got to learn a little bit more about him there. I mean, you know, he's uh, married to uh, his wife, Lynn, has been for many decades. And uh, if you're curious, uh, he is interested in uh, tennis, golf, cycling, and uh, reading as well. Hmm. I mean, it's good for you to reading. Absolutely. Reading is uh, fundamental, as they say. Yes, for sure. So I actually had Art Becker or Arthur Becker or whatever you want to refer to him as, as my uh, four as well. As I mentioned, not a ton of uh, options in the uh, big man department coming out of this Arizona State group. But, um, yeah, let's move on to the three. Yeah, this next guy is pretty solid, um, a good player throughout his career with um, the uh, a bunch of different teams, a four-time All-Star, and um, really solid player, two-time All-Defensive. I mean, this guy was a really good player. And um, it's the grandson. His grandson is Marvel Bagley III. Hold on, but what, what's his name? <laughs> well, I mean, Jumpin' Joe. You could get uh, Joe Caldwell, of course, uh, known as Jumpin' Joe or uh, Pogo, uh, 
unfortunately uh, still with us at 80 years old, as you mentioned, uh, the uh, grandfather of uh, Marvin Bagley III. That's that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, and um, Arthur Becker is also 80 years old and um, 200 something days, I think. So um, both pretty similar in age. And how about this? Uh, Joe Caldwell taken in the 1964 draft, second pick overall, just like his grandson. I mean, how often has that happened where uh, a grandfather and grandson get taken in the same draft slot? That's on and to be second overall. Pretty impressive. I would say, and um, that's probably a, a pretty impressive basketball family if I had to guess. I would say so. A bit bit shorter than uh, than his grandson at uh, 6'5", 195 during his playing days, but could really, really get up. I mean, Jumpin' Joe. Yeah, I mean, to have a nickname Jumpin' Joe, you really got to have the hops. And um, watching highlights of him, I mean, it's all dunks. Yeah, that's, that's pretty impressive, especially for a guy who was playing in this era, obviously. Uh, playing in the 60s and 70s, uh, a game that was much more below the rim than uh, the basketball of today. Yes, for sure. And not much shooting or really dunking out. Yeah, did you run through his uh, accolades? Pretty impressive stuff. Yes, I did. Um, four-time All-Star, two-time All-Defensive, All-ABA, and All-Rookie. I think he played mostly in the NBA, but did get an All-NBA selection. Or ABA. Yeah, he played, um, what is that? Five years in the ABA and seven years in the um, NBA. Yeah, notable for being one of the few guys who was an all-star in both the NBA and the ABA, actually. Two-time all-star in each. Yeah, which is pretty impressive to be able to do it in both leagues. I mean, NBA is definitely harder to do it in, but, yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. And also a, um Olympian with uh, the U.S. Olympic team won the uh, won the gold medal in the 1964 Summer Olympics. So that was uh, quite some time ago. But uh, yeah, some nice hardware for uh, Joe Caldwell over the course of his, uh, his, his run in basketball. For sure. And um, I mean, to, be on a, or to even be on the um, Olympic team is um, pretty impressive for a guy like Joe Caldwell. No doubt about it. Uh, his uh, number 32 retired at Arizona State, uh, much like uh, all Mister's numbers retired, but can't say the same about our Beckert, unfortunately. Yes. Unfortunately, he did not get his number hung up in the rafters at Arizona State. But I'm sure this next guy will. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> he, he certainly will get his number retired. If it's not uh, not already, it, it is already retired, and uh, uh, very deservedly so. We're talking about the uh, the two-guard on this uh, all-time team for Arizona State, and it's James Harden. Yes, it is. The Beard, El Chapo, Jimbo Slice, Honey Bun, 10-time All-Star, three-time scoring champ, seven-time All-NBA, sixth man of the year, if you can believe that, um, 75th anniversary champ, MVP. I don't think there's many players that have had an MVP and a sixth man of the year. It's a fair point. I mean, earlier in his career, obviously, uh, picking up that sixth man of the year during the early days of his career in uh, Oklahoma City. But, uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit about this guy. I mean, someone we've watched extensively. For sure. And um, just has that um, that uh, mentality of a great scorer. I mean, and, and also an assist champion, but just could really fill it up. The classic Harden step back. And um, you really got to watch him with ankle breakers. Yeah, I mean, some of, some of the great highlights of uh, recent years coming courtesy of uh, James Harden. His epic ankle breakers, his epic step backs, as you mentioned. A uh, guy who's a phenomenal passer as well, but, I mean, a- able to score at, at a, a truly elite level over the course of um, his prime years. For sure. I mean, didn't really get it going until he was traded to Houston. 
in on the 2012-2013 season. But um, when he got there, I mean, he was averaging 16.8 points per game and just jumped right up to 25.9. And um, really improved in those seasons with um, Houston and kept it going for the rest of his career. Yeah, getting up as high as uh, 36.1 points per game in a season. Uh, it's ridiculous. I mean, that's got to be one of the highest of recent days. And, um, yeah, just um, a great season for him. And, I mean, just had won the assist title just a few years before. And, I mean, it was averaging 7.5 assists and 6.6 rebounds that um, that year. And that's just a great line. I mean, with 36.1 points per game. Yeah, 942 regular season games into his career right now. Just finished his age uh, 32 season. Obviously traded to Philadelphia during the year from Brooklyn. And uh, maybe slowing down a little bit off that uh, incredible prime that he uh, that he experienced there. But, I mean, still has been an all-star each of the last 10 seasons, James Harden. Which is pretty impressive. I mean, he only has been an all-star on those OKC teams, which literally had KD and Russ at their primes. I mean, it's kind of... It's kind of hard to get an all-star when you're being benched. Uh, indeed, indeed. And, I mean, I, when, when I think back on uh, James Harden's prime, I mean, I really think of a guy who was in the mix for the MVP award a lot of years in a row. I mean, uh, you know, looking back on it, top three uh, in MVP voting, uh, five, or... five out of six years from 2014-2015 to 2019-2020. Uh, Which is just mind-blowing. I mean, four years in a row in that time span. I mean, the one year that he wasn't in there, he was ninth. Yeah, so he still had a phenomenal season. But, I mean, it really speaks to the level that uh, James Harden was able to get to, has been able to get to, and uh, sustain over the course of his career. I mean, it, it's staggering. I mean, the, the volume that this guy has uh, has put together, uh, you know, uh, really with, with, you know, teams operating basically with him as the driving force and, uh, you know, Succeeding. Succeeding, yeah. I mean, leading to really successful offenses on other teams of which he's been a part. 30.3 usage percentage career. I mean, that's that's just – I mean, two-time league leader in that category. And, I mean, to have 30.9 is um, very impressive. As a career average, I mean. I mean, back-to-back years in 2017-2018 and 2018-2019, 36.1 to lead the league and 40.5 usage percentage for James Harden. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot to have in um, one season. It uh, certainly is a great career from the beard, a certain Hall of Famer, and uh, I think pretty clearly the best player to have gone to uh, Arizona State and made it to the NBA. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can, like, what's his Hall of Fame caliber? It's got to be like 99.9. I would would think it's 100 at this point. We're scrolling down the page right now to uh, bring that to you. Yeah, 100. And, um, I mean, when you think about his first three years, it's just like, there's no way this guy's making the Hall of Fame. Then when he gets traded um, to um, Houston in his first year, it's like, okay, I mean, this, guy, this guy's got some quality. Yeah, six-time uh, first-team All-NBA. James wow. Harden. Wow. Yeah, great, great player. Well, definitely the best player we'll be talking about on this episode. No doubt about it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, one, one of the guys I've enjoyed watching the most over, uh, over the last uh, decade or so. Yeah, I know he's one of your favorites. He really is. A great, great style about him in addition to uh, his stellar play. For sure. I mean, he's got that great beard. Great beard, and he's stuck with it all these years. I mean, it, it's got to be hot under there, but uh, he, he's got to be used to it by now as well. For sure. I mean, I think the fans would be a bit disappointed. 
<laughs> no doubt about it. It's one of those things, though. Sometimes you know, you see, uh, you see a hairdo or a, a style choice like that, and you think, uh, you know, someday, someday they're uh, they're going to want to change up. And uh, I imagine at some point we'll see James Harden do something different with his beard. And if you look at him in college, he doesn't have a beard. It's true. So I mean, you can get a little sneak peek into uh, what that might look like. But uh, he's stuck with it so far, and it's uh, it's pretty impressive. Yes, for sure. All right, so we we need Definitely to definitely the best uh, beard in the league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and yeah, I think he's he's been the reigning uh, beard champ for, uh, for for quite some time in, in the NBA, and maybe even in uh, in all the sports. All right, let's uh, let's let's move on. We can't stay uh, on James Harden uh, for the whole episode as much as we might like to. Let's move on to point guard. Yes, we will. And um, at point guard, actually, I had James Harden at the point. Just pointing that out. Oh, my bad. I, I jumped the gun there. Uh, I think the way we were segueing into uh, into, yeah. into that made me think you had him at the two, but uh, I had this next guy at the uh, at the one. But so, yeah, we at, just had a shooting guard. Scott. You had Byron Scott. Byron Scott. So let's uh, let's get into this guy. Byron Scott, um, Lord Byron. I mean, great player for the um, the Lakers in the eighties. I mean, isn't an all star, but was definitely. A very good contributor for them and um, had a great career for himself. I mean, a three-time NBA champ in that um, era and made the all-rookie team, all-rookie team, a very um, great selection to be on the all-rookie team. And, um, yeah, I mean, got over 21 points per game one year and um, was a really good scorer, um, a great player for um, contributor for the Lakers in the 80s. No doubt. 14-year career. Taken with the uh, fourth overall pick in the uh, 1983 NBA draft. I always think for a guy to be taken at uh, 6'3", 195 with the fourth overall pick, you got to be some kind of basketball player slash athlete to be taken over, uh, I mean, surely much taller and physically gifted guys. But terrific career. To be fourth overall. Yeah, I I mean, absolutely. That's that's a tremendous accomplishment in and of of itself. And, uh, yeah, he had a fantastic career. Yeah, for sure. I mean – you mostly think of him as the Lakers, but he did also play on the Pacers and um, Grizzlies, the early Grizzlies. Yeah, the Grizzlies as well. And, uh, you know, as we mentioned, uh, three NBA titles with the Lakers obviously got some extensive uh, playoff run during that time as well. Yeah, for sure. And um, with the Showtime Lakers, and it was actually starting quite a few games for them. Uh, I mean, even though he might he, – I mean, he was actually very close to being an all-star. Yeah, I, I agree. Was was in, in the mix there. I mean, ha, had some regular seasons where he's. I mean, he had a regular season where he scored twenty one point seven points per game. As started, a starter, yeah, as a starter. I mean, the vast majority of his games uh, with the Lakers during that run as a starter. And uh, yeah, I mean, had a, had a terrific career and uh, obviously impacted winning. For sure, with the those Lakers teams and um, a great attendee of um, Arizona State. Yeah, uh, went on to uh, play briefly in uh, in Greece. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce the name of the team that he played for. I've seen it a bunch of times. It starts with a P, but uh, I'm not gonna not gonna take a stab at it. But uh, yeah, went over and played overseas. Uh, had to you know keep that uh, basketball dream alive even even after he was done in the NBA. And uh, you know we were remiss if we uh, didn't reference uh, Byron Scott's coaching career as well. I mean, had, did a fantastic job as a uh, coach, two-time coach of the year. Excuse me, one-time coach of the year, two-time uh, All-Star coach. Wow, uh, All-Star, had, All-Star coach is pretty good. Definitely, and uh, you know, made it to the finals with the Nets uh, in 2001, 2002, and 2002, 2003. Those uh, Jason Kidd-led teams with uh, Vince Carter, Richard Jefferson. And uh, looking back on it, 
Uh, Byron Scott's coached some uh, some really great players. I mean, from those guys with the Nets to uh, Chris Paul with with the Hornets to LeBron and Kyrie to you know Kobe at the end of his career when he took over with the Lakers. Some really great players. Yeah, this guy's really got around and um, getting around coaching some, some some of the greatest of all time. No question about it. Uh, his number 11 retired by uh, by Arizona State. So uh, if you're trying to go to Arizona State and you're trying to wear that number 11, uh, good luck. Yeah, good luck. I mean, you're going to have to get permission from um, the great Byron Scott. No doubt about it. He's, uh, so I mean, a, a great, great run from uh, from Byron Scott. And uh, I should mention the uh, duration of his career, too, because it's yeah. uh, it's notable. I mean, 1,073 regular season games. That's really getting after it. Yeah, I mean, not many players get over 1,000 games. And um, to get over by him 73, it's pretty good. Uh, no, no, no question. So he was, uh, as I mentioned, my choice as well. I know we didn't do this on the uh, episode uh, last week, but uh, let's let's before we move on to our benches, let's just run down our uh, starters from these squads. All right. So yes, I had at center, I had Alton Lister at power forward. I had Arthur Becker at small forward, Joe Caldwell at shooting guard, Byron Scott, and at point guard, James Hart. And I had uh, center Alton Lister, power forward Arthur Becker, small forward Joe Caldwell, shooting guard James Harden, and point guard Byron Scott. We'll be back in just a moment. We're back to uh, discuss uh, the guys we have filling out our bench on this Arizona State all-time team. Mills, who'd you have next? I had Fat Lever. And, I mean, this guy was really hard for me to um, cut him off the, um, the starting five. I mean, I think these two guards that we're about to talk about definitely are in the top five players from Arizona State. They just couldn't make the team because – of the fact that they are point guards and shooting guards. Um, Fat Lever, two-time All-Star, All-NBA team, probably third team, but yes, um, did a good job there. Second team, actually, in 87. Second team, my bad. And made the All-Defense team, so probably didn't make the All-Rookie team. I mean, was the 11th overall pick. Um, yeah, a good player in the league, and uh, didn't do great at the beginning of his career, but um, really gotten to go in. In that 86-87 um, season, averaging 18.9 points per game on back-to-back seasons, and then averaging 19.8 points per game the next season. But yeah, multi-time All-Star and um, a great player for the um, for mostly the Nuggets. You think of them as, but also playing Blazers and Mavs. Yeah, no doubt. Taken with the 11th overall pick in the 1982 NBA draft, and six-three, uh, one-seventy. But uh, you really wouldn't know it by looking at his uh, his statistical line over. Uh, over the years, uh, a guy who managed to average some pretty uh, substantial uh, rebounds per game numbers in addition to uh, being a big-time assist guy and scorer. Yeah, for sure, averaging six rebounds a game for his career, which is not bad for somebody at his size, being 6'3", um, 170. I mean, which is pretty small, but um, definitely um, got in there on the glass. Yeah, for sure, and and had some seasons where I mean, uh, so some of these years in the middle of his career with the uh, with the Nuggets. I mean, during his uh, his All Star years or the years around his All Star appearances, I mean, averaging uh, you know nineteen points per game, uh, you know, at, at times. I mean, had years where he was like eighteen point nine points per game, eight point nine rebounds per game, eight assists per game, two and a half steals per game. I mean, come on, that, that that's a ridiculous year. Yeah, that's a nasty line right there, and I mean, you don't see people. 
um, with seasons that with those lines. I mean, even for somebody like um, Ross or Oscar Robinson, I know they average triple doubles, but like, did they really have two steals a game? Yeah, I mean, and he was able to average uh, two steal, two point two steals per game for his career. Seven hundred and fifty-two regular season games. This guy could really turn it over or get in there and cause turnovers. Yes, for sure. Uh, 599 career starts, and uh, as I think we we talked about in the uh, lead-up to the episode, uh, had a 23-assist uh, game in his career. Yeah, I mean, you don't see people with uh, over 20-assist games very often, and um, he certainly got um, more. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Had uh, had some fantastic uh, single games in his, uh, in his career in addition to uh, putting up a really impressive stat line. Uh, through the years, as we mentioned, uh, guys are a real, real ball hawk over the course of uh, of the years. Sixth all time in steals per game with that two point two mark. Yeah, I mean, what is that number one there? I mean, two point two doesn't seem that much to me, but I mean, apparently it's really good. So um, you got to give it up for Pilo. Yeah, twenty eighth all time in raw steals. Yeah, which is very impressive. Uh, number one is Alvin Robertson, who we've discussed uh, previously yeah, on the yeah. podcast at, uh, at just over two point seven. Yeah, we are talking about career here, so I, I think I'm thinking normally like one season. Uh, one interesting note looking at that uh, steals per game uh, leaderboard, uh, number six, uh, Fat Lever, number three, Fatty Taylor. Wow, I mean, two um, fat, Co- fatty. couple of fat guys. <laughs> well, they're not actually fat, but yes. That's uh, pretty interesting. So his, uh, his number uh, 12 retired at Arizona State and also retired by the uh, Denver Nuggets. Yes, I mean, pretty impressive to get a number retired. I mean, especially for the Nuggets. Yeah, one, guy of best, who, one of the best franchises of all time. Well, I mean, certainly a, a good franchise. Yes, for sure. And uh, number twelve is one of those uh, low numbers. People might want to wear that, so uh, it's, it's pretty cool that they're getting out of circulation uh, just for fat. Yeah. All right, let's keep it moving. I'll uh, I'll go with my next guy off the uh, off off the bench here, and uh, it's Freddie Lewis. Yes, I did have this guy too. Um, this is the other guy that was very hard for me to keep off the um, the starting five, point guard and shooting guard, um, three-time All-Star, three-time ABA champ, All ABA team, ABA All-Time team. Hello, um, All-Star game MVP, and um, just a great career um, in the ABA mostly, I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, only, only, only the two years on the tail end of his careers were um, with the NBA, which is kind of interesting. And um, yeah, had a, just a great career. I mean, getting up over twenty-two points per game one year, and averaging sixteen point points per game for his career. But as you can see here, um, um the first year and the um, last year, um, he was only averaging seven and four point seven points per game, and it shows the difference between how the ABA was much easier to play in than the NBA. Yeah, that's a fair point. And uh, certainly his accomplishments, uh, you have to look at them through that prism a little bit. I mean, uh, did most of his work in the ABA, as you mentioned, only 64 NBA games in the regular season versus uh, 686 in the ABA uh, between the years of uh, 1967 and uh, 1976, playing with um, the uh, Pacers, with the Sounds, and with the uh, Spirits at St. Louis. Yes, Spirits of St. Louis, quite an interesting name. Uh, it certainly is. And uh, this, so he played with the Pacers, but uh, during their uh, ABA days, for the most part, just that little cup of coffee, 32 games last season of his career once they made the move to the NBA. But certainly a, a, a fine run, 750 regular season games during his uh, professional basketball career. 
a guy who was uh, taken with the 88th pick in the uh, 10th round of the 1966 NBA draft. So certainly far outplayed his uh, his draft uh, position. I would say, I mean, 88th overall to be a three-time All-Star, an All-Star game MVP, three-time NBA champ, and an NBA all, all-time team. And he also has some classic nicknames for people with the name Freddie, Fritz and Fred. Absolutely. Uh, has some additional ABA-related accolades, uh, winning the uh, Playoffs MVP, which is uh, an ABA award in uh, 1972, one of his uh, championship years, and also the uh, All-Star Game MVP in uh, 1975. And uh, you do that kind of stuff, that's how you find your way out to the uh, ABA All-Time Team, as you mentioned. I would say. I mean, to the, the ABA All-Time Team, there, there's quite a few players that are pretty good from the NBA. Uh, for sure. All right, so let's uh, let's keep moving. Unless you have anything else on uh, Freddie Lewis, let's get to uh, the next guy you have on your list. I have, I did have Freddie Lewis as well. I have Lionel Hollins. Yeah, let's talk about this guy. This guy, I mean, an all star, a guy who was um, on that championship team for the um, the Blazers. I mean, hey, Blazers, yeah, my favorite team. Um, yes, seventies Blazers, um, on their title team in the seventies and. Um, yeah, two-time All-Defensive team, so the L-Train. Um, yeah, was definitely a defensive-focused player throughout his career, and um, but also could really fill it up. I mean, over 10 points per game, all 17 seasons. Yeah, reputation as a uh, as a tough guy who could uh, contribute on both ends. Uh, 6'3", 185, taken with the sixth overall pick in the uh, 75 draft. And it was early in his career that he uh, had that championship run with the, uh, with the Blazers and was a big part of that. I would say, I mean, starting most of the games, I think, for them. Yeah, they, playing almost 34 minutes per game. Yeah, they didn't have starting stats back then. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, like 19 games in the playoffs in their title season. I mean, and that was most in, um, in the playoffs. So, probably I've got, got a lot of playing time um, in the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. And I, as I said, was it was an integral part of what they were uh, what they were doing at that point. And uh, yeah, I mean, not a guy who, who scored at, at an incredibly uh, high level uh, during uh, during his NBA run, but um, contributed uh, substantially in other areas uh, of the game and, and was still a, a, yeah, a solid yeah. contributor for sure on, on, in the score in terms of scoring the basketball. Yeah, I mean, just uh, I mean, a good uh, a key piece to the um, the Blazers um, championship team. Uh, no, no question about that. And uh, also, I mean, uh, Lionel Hollins, you got to mention his uh, his substantial coaching career as well. Yes, for sure. And um, a good coach um, in, I mean, for an extensive period of time. I mean, I was an assistant coach just last year. Um, and yeah, he was, Lakers. And he was coaching since uh, 1988. So, um, yeah, this guy got right into coaching after his um, – his finish, finishing in the league, and um, had a few years as head coach. Um, made the playoffs. What was that four years with the um, Grizzlies and one year with the Nets? And um, yeah, um, coached the uh, Grizzlies a lot and um, got a few head coaching jobs. Yeah, definitely uh, an assistant coach for a long time before he finally got a crack at uh, at a real head coaching gig. Uh, took over on an interim basis on a couple of occasions. Uh, at the end of um, the team's, at the end of the Grizzlies' run in Vancouver, that uh, 99 2000 season took over for the final 60 games of the season, and uh, ended up being the uh, being a head coach of uh, the Grizzlies in both Vancouver and in Memphis. It was pretty cool. Yes, I mean was with them for the transition and had um, seven seasons. I feel like it's more than that. That in Vancouver and Memphis, 
But, um, yeah, definitely um, was in Memphis and Vancouver for um, quite a while. Yeah, the uh, the father of uh, Austin Hollins, who uh, went on to uh, play college hoops at uh, University of Minnesota, and um, also in the uh, in the early with a uh, Serbian club. Yeah, I mean, going back to the um, the Grizzlies um, Vancouver thing, um, he he was coached there for sixteen years. Altogether, yeah. When you add up his uh, time as an assistant and uh, and and his time as a head coach, yeah, that that's a long time for a coach to be with an organization. I mean, uh, you know. Well, one way or another. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you don't see it very often with a coach is that dedicated to a team and to be coaching on other teams throughout his career. I mean, he, he was coaching on three of the teams throughout his career. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, notable in that he uh, uh, has his uh, number 33 retired at Arizona State, but never wore 33 in the NBA. That uh, is interesting. And uh, has his uh, number 14 retired by the Blazers. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he definitely does. Yeah, obviously made a big impact there. And, uh, you know, a, a guy who was hard to keep off uh, this team. But uh, as we said, the congestion at guard just makes it such that, yeah. um, you know, that, that was the call here. I think Freddie and Pat Lever um, definitely were a little bit better than this. Yeah, I think that's fair. But certainly worthy of, uh, of discussion here. All right, so I'll move on to uh, my next guy on the bench here. That's Eddie House. Yes, Eddie. Uh, Eddie Lee House the second, um, uh, just a solid contributor. Really, his role in the league. Yeah, definitely. I, I remember him from his uh, days at Arizona State. Actually, he's only uh, forty-four now, taken with the thirty-seventh uh, overall pick in the two thousand draft. But uh, this guy went off in college. I mean, I, I re- remember him from his uh, his big-time scoring nights in college. Actually, got to sixty-one points, the all-time record at Arizona State. In one game? In one game in 2000. That's like um, James Harden and Dame's career high. I mean, to get that in college? It's absurd. I mean, it really is. In I mean, the 90s? He put himself on the map. I mean, and uh, he's the all-time leader in uh, in points at, uh, at Arizona State. Yeah, I mean, for sure. And um, all-time leader in points there. And um, also could really fill it up in the league. I mean, scoring 7.5 points per game. I mean, I know that's not an incredible amount, but. But 7.5 points per game for his career and um, um, 717 games in his career. So he definitely put up a solid career as a player. Yeah, really one of those like microwave scorer types, as I recall. I mean, a guy who could really, really uh, yeah, he could really heat up in certain situations. I'm sure that's what happened during his uh, 61 point game in in college. Actually has the number two mark for uh, most points in a game in college as well, and the number five. So this guy got up to uh, 40 points or more four times in college. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> I mean, how many years did he play college? He played uh, four years in college. So, but I mean. Still, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty remarkable, I mean, in, in terms of being able to fill it up. And had a 39-point game as well. So, uh, understandably, his uh, number five retired at, uh, at Arizona State. Yeah. Guy who was a tremendous scorer and, and uh, featured prominently on uh, Celtics uh, championship team in 2008. Yes, he did, and um, that Celtics team, I mean, definitely, he was it didn't play a huge role in that team, I mean. He was a, one of the key bench pieces on, uh, on, on that yeah, Celtics team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure, and um, I mean, had 21 games in the playoffs, which is definitely pretty solid, it's probably all the games, didn't start any games, but was averaging, what is that, 2.5 points per game, which is not 
terrible. Yeah, I mean, a guy who wasn't always in the rotation, but certainly a good guy to have around. I mean, as I mentioned, kind of an instant offense type. So uh, someone you, you were happy to have on your bench to uh, potentially throw in there if things were going stagnant or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as we mentioned, uh, playing over 700 games in the league, this guy could obviously ball. Yes, um, I should mention as well, uh, at the end of his career, he's one of these guys who, uh, you know, went through, you know, year after year in, in the league, 10 years in the league before he uh, finally got down to business and uh, threw on the double nickel at the end of his career with the Heat. So uh, big ups to Eddie House for uh, getting to that 55 before he bowed it's out. It's 5, 5, 5, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50. Yeah, uh, continues to uh, be involved with the league right now. He does uh, some studio work for uh, NBC Sports Boston. We see him on uh, on TV during uh, pre- and post-game coverage sometimes. Yes. All right, so, Mills, let's uh, let's move on from Eddie House. Who else do you have on your bench there? I have Kurt Nymphius. Kurt Nymphius. Yes, I can't say I knew too much about this guy beforehand, but uh, let's talk about him. Neither can I. And um, Kurt Allen Memphis, just um, one of the greatest of all time. I don't know about that. but From l- Arizona. L- 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 From Arizona. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Top 10. Yeah, I-, I agree with that. Taken with the uh, 47th overall pick in the uh, 1980 NBA draft. And he was a uh, big man for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, 6'10", 218, and um, had a solid career um, in the NBA for his whole career at the time where – might have, might have seen the NBA, but he did play in the 80s. So, um, yeah, 6.4 points per game in his career, uh, 564 games, and um, 20.3 minutes per game in his career. So he definitely got on the court, sure. Yeah, and, and uh, got around. I mean, played in the NBA, but also uh, playing overseas and uh, with, with uh, Canarius and uh, Il uh, Messaggero Roma, which is in the Italian league. Uh, yeah, solid, a very, very solid career for uh, for Kurt Nymphius. Uh, yeah. Uh, Not much to say about him. Well, I mean, you, you could mention that uh, his father and uncles, uh, you know, they operated the uh, Nymphius Boat Company. Yes, you could mention that, but it is um, it is um, interesting that maybe maybe he likes boats. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think one other thing we got to say before we move off of uh, – Kurt Nymphius, he's a bit of a Jared Reiner type, if you know what I mean. No, uh, I don't know what you mean. Well, he's a black belt in karate. I'm sure oh, he didn't get it by first grade like uh, Jared Reiner, but pretty impressive all the same. Kurt Nymphius uh, still with us at uh, age 64. Yes, he is. And um, at 64, still living. So, I mean, never know when he can come back. Um, hopefully he's in shape. Yeah, well, certainly we can uh, honor him while he's alive and uh, happy to be doing so uh, right here. So let's uh, let's move on to uh, next guy on, on my squad here. Guy we've talked about before, talking about Mark Landsberger. And I don't know if you had this guy on your uh, on your squad, but uh, certainly worth talking about. No, I didn't. But, um, yes, he is certainly worth talking about. A two-time NBA champ and um, quite a good player in the league. I mean, not three balls, unfortunately. Tough to see. Tough to see. Yeah, I think you got to uh, check out our uh, 1977 NBA draft episode. We get into uh, Mark Landsberger a bit more there. But, uh, yeah, a guy who just turned uh, 67 uh, 10 days ago. Good for him. And, um, yeah, I mean, just turn 67 is really a um, really a key point in your life. And um, you might be upset that he wore 54 and 53 in his career. But, I mean, 
It's his choice. Honestly, I'd uh, rather not talk about it. <laughs> uh, interestingly, uh, in, in the news a little bit lately, uh, not, not that I've uh, watched the show, but there's an HBO series uh, called Winning Time out there about the uh, Showtime era Lakers, yeah. of which uh, Mark Landsberger was a part. And apparently there is a, uh, a character uh, based on Mark Landsberger in the show. Yeah, and uh, just talking about Brian Scott earlier, I mean, also a part of the Showtime Lakers in that era. Uh, good point. Yeah, so they uh, they probably know each other. Arizona State guys who uh, also played for the Lakers. I mean, it seems like a pretty good bet. I would say, and uh, not many players. I mean, and, and they played for the Lakers at the same time. Uh, absolutely, yes. Yeah, so they probably uh, ran into each other in the locker room, that kind of thing, <laughs> once or twice. Yeah, I would say. Uh, worth mentioning about uh, Mark Landsberger also played uh, some overseas, uh, including in the uh, in the Greek league, and uh, has. Uh, the uh, record for most uh, rebounds in a game in a Greek league, uh, 31, and the uh, highest rebounds per game uh, average per season, uh, 17.9. 17.9 rebounds a game is pretty solid. Absolutely. And uh, actually, at least at the time uh, that he said it, had the most rebounds in an Italian league game as well with 34. So uh, definitely a guy who 34 could grab, rebounds a game. Could definitely grab some rebounds. I would say, I mean, in the NBA, 6.1, which is not bad for the role he played. Yeah, his career uh, rebounds per game average uh, peaked at 9.3 in the 78-79 uh, season with the Bulls. Second season. Second season, but he only played uh, 24 and a half minutes per game that year, so that, that's a lot of rebounds. Yeah, sure is. I mean, yeah, 24 and a half minutes per game and eight, nine rebounds, that's, that's getting like um, a rebound every like two and a quarter minute or three quarter minutes. Yeah, I think we actually might have mentioned him on our uh, Minnesota episode because uh, Mark Landsberger also having attended uh, Minnesota. And, uh, yeah, definitely a uh, uh, an interesting player and a guy who featured on the 77 uh, NBA draft team as well. Yes. All right, so let's, uh, let's keep moving here. We've got a little bit of background noise here that we're trying to work through. Yes. Uh, let's move on to uh, the next guy who you had on your, on your squad here, bud. I had Mr. Lulonza Dodge. Lou Dort. Now we get to a, uh, an, another current player. Yes, we do. And um, it's fun to talk about this guy. I wasn't sure if he was going to make my team, but he did end up making my team. Sorry about the background noise. Uh, um, uh, yeah, I mean, he's injured right now, but only played three years in the league, but he definitely deserves a spot on this all-time team. I mean, averaging 17.2 points per game this year with the Thunder. Thunder, not a very prominent team, but still, uh, I mean, still definitely one of their best players. Now a number five wear for them. And, I mean, has definitely stepped up to another level these past two seasons. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know a, a lot of uh, room to uh, grow on these Thunder teams the last few years. Not a lot has been expected of them uh, since the departures of uh, the likes of Russ and Paul George and Chris Paul in recent years. Uh, but a guy who re really has established himself, I think. I mean, he's only, only 23. I mean, having just turned 23 recently, uh, left Arizona State after just one year. Uh, didn't get drafted, and uh, I, I certainly wondered whether he had made a mistake at that point because he was a guy who had some promise uh, that one year at ASU. But, uh, boy, I mean, he found himself uh, a great role in, in OKC and has been able to use his uh, very impressive size and uh, defensive ability especially to, I, I think, boost his career. Yeah, for sure. And I remember you saying um, you're, you were upset that the Pistons didn't sign him, and, I mean, it's really come back to bite him. Yeah, I mean, I think every team in the league would like to have uh, Lugan Stewart if they had another uh, crack at it, and every team did. Uh, but yeah, I mean, a guy who really has been given a lot of opportunities to uh, to shoot the three ball, 
uh, especially with uh, with the Thunder. I, I I don't think he would would have necessarily gotten that opportunity with a lot of teams. Uh, not a tremendously efficient shooter uh, from three, but he's not improved. Bad. Not bad. Yeah, he definitely has. And his volume has really ticked up as well. I mean, he's, you know, this season, uh, 7.7 threes per game attempted and uh, connecting at just uh, 33%. But, uh, you know, he's like right on the borderline of, uh, of where that's an acceptable percentage uh, to be shooting. And, uh, you know, the hope is he can continue to improve as he gets into his 20s. Yeah, and uh, definitely going to be a um, good player in the league and um, hopefully will be able to play a bigger role on uh, bigger t- or better teams in his career. Yeah, one thing I definitely remember about uh, about Lou Dort in the early part of his career is uh, having gone up against uh, fellow ASU guy uh, James Harden, being matched up against him in the series with the uh, with the Rockets. Yeah, during his getting, only playoff exposure. Blocked in that last shot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but he, you know, he had had a big uh, big role there yeah. and a big opportunity, and I, I think uh, the Thunder's willingness to uh, to throw him on uh, such a uh, obviously incredible offensive player like James Harden, and this was a couple of years ago as well, so. He was even more at the peak of his powers at that time. Uh, definitely, you know, uh, spoke to uh, how well thought of Lou Dort's defense was at that point. And uh, I know his offensive role has obviously increased a bit since then. Maybe his defensive uh, responsibility has been minimized a little bit. But I think he's the kind of guy who maybe on a team where there's more offensive firepower could, uh, you know, focus his energy even more on defense. A guy who can defend a whole bunch of different positions. Really strong, uh, you know, 6'3", uh, 215, but pretty jacked, I would say. Yeah. And a guy who can definitely hold up against a lot of offensive players. For sure. Uh, so, you know, we're likely to, uh, I mean, I actually didn't have Lou Dort on my team, but he was, uh, you know, certainly someone I considered seriously and someone who obviously could get there uh, if he just continues on his current path. Yeah, for sure. And um, I think he could definitely have an um, all-star career. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. All right, so let's get to the uh, the, the last guy I picked on uh, on this squad. And I which had is, him as uh, well. Yeah, who you, I know you had two. We're talking about Isaac Austin. The most improved player in 96-97, that's really all I have to say. I mean, really stepped up his career in that in that um, time. Um, after playing in um, France and Turkey, um, really took it to another level. I mean, was only averaging like, um, what is that, like um, 5.1 and 2 points per game in those first three seasons, and then really stepped it up to another level, getting up to um, 13.5. And... Um, Playing at a pretty um, high level with the um, with the Heat and um, Magic there. Yeah, definitely. I, I remember being introduced to uh, Ike Austin because I, I took a family trip to uh, Utah when I was a uh, small child, and uh, was very interested in uh, all the players and uh, information about them. Even at that point, and uh, purchased a uh, media guide, and in it was uh, one Isaac Austin. And uh, I didn't play very much those first uh, couple of years with Utah, but I remember he uh, definitely was someone who stuck out in my head and uh, when he returned from uh, France and Turkey, as you said, did so with the uh, Miami Heat. And uh, his career really ticked up at that point. I mean, played played well with the Heat, uh, well enough to start a whole bunch of games, play every game that season, and uh, established himself as someone who was worth uh, bringing in, uh, to the, bringing back to the Heat the next year and, and playing a significant role with the Clippers. And uh, ended up playing uh, 432 regular season games with uh, 166 starts after a pretty slow start to his uh, career. Yeah. And as you mentioned, got that uh, Most Improved Player Award and, uh, and lasted uh, lasted for a while. I mean, ended up uh, sticking around in the NBA till, uh, till 2002. Surprisingly, he never played with a team for more than three years. He played with the Heat for two seasons, less than two seasons. Played with the um, Jazz for two seasons, 
Um, um, Grizzlies, um, um, yeah, Grizzlies for two seasons, um, um, Wizards for two seasons, Magic for, or Wizards for one season, Magic for one season, Clippers for one season, and Sixers for one yeah, and another uh, team he didn't play more than two seasons for was the uh, Utah Snow Bears, a uh, team in the uh, uh, revamped uh, ABA, the one that came about uh, in the early part of this millennium. He was the uh, owner and head coach in uh, 2004 and 2005 of the uh, Utah Snow Bears and uh, led the team to a 27-1 uh, and record. Pretty fantastic. But uh, unfortunately, uh, got in a fight with the, um, with the league during the playoffs and uh, decided to uh, fold the team. Yikes. I mean, during the playoffs? Yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm afraid so. I mean, it was, it was a t- tough time in the ABA then. A lot of teams were, uh, were you know, folding and uh, popping up out of nowhere. Uh, apparently, the ABA's policy at this time was if you were willing to pay the uh, franchise fee to uh, get a team awarded to you, they basically took your money, no questions asked. You have a franchise. Whether you can afford to run the franchise or not, you have a franchise, so there were like hundreds and hundreds of teams that folded uh, during this era of ABA basketball. So wow. pretty wild situation. But, I would uh, say. Yeah, Isaac Austin uh, played a little part in that. Yes. All right, so let's, uh, let's, let's take another quick break, and we'll be back in just a moment to wrap up this episode. And we're back to uh, wrap up this episode. Just I uh, want to get to a couple more guys here. Let's uh, talk about Ike Diogu. Yes. He has number tied for on... Um... Um, A-Z-S-T, and um, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, actually uh, continuing his uh, basketball career uh, currently with uh, Zamalek in the Egyptian Basketball Super League. So uh, Very cool. his basketball journey is still, uh, still going on. But, uh, yeah, a guy who was taken pretty high in the draft, uh, number nine overall in the 2005 NBA draft. Yeah, I mean – as you can see, he's never retired in college, so I mean, no surprise that he was a very high pick in the draft. And um, um, yeah, I mean, a, a solid player in the league. Not not terrible, not amazing, solid. Player. Yeah, definitely. I mean, didn't didn't quite live up to expectations. I think the the thought was he'd be more of like a uh, Paul Millsap type, you know, someone who's a little bit undersized but could still uh, really bang uh, as a power forward, as a uh, big in the league. But I, I think uh, someone who kind of didn't had the skill set to uh, make the changes uh, that the league was making uh, when it became more about shooting. Yes. Uh, not a guy who ever, ever really stretched out yeah. his game at all. I mean, actually 50% from three for his career, so I don't think we should really blame him for anything. I mean, he's 50% for three for his career. It's very solid. Uh, yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, it was one for two on uh, three balls over the course of uh, his years. That was uh, obviously – you know, pretty small sample, but uh, he did hit one three. And he took two. So, I mean, you really got to give it up for him. He, he was efficient from there. I had a really good run at, at Arizona State. I mean, to get up to that uh, number nine overall selection was uh, consensus second team All-American, was a Pac-10 player of the year. And as you mentioned, his uh, number five retired at, uh, at Arizona State. So a really successful college run. And obviously he's uh, had a really long uh, professional career playing hoops. Yeah, I mean, his name isn't really Ike Diog. Um, what? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Emilio's loading up to uh, attempt to pronounce his name. Oh, no, his, uh, I, I wasn't going name. to attempt that. Uh, okay. I wasn't going to. <laughs> it, it's, a bit, it's a bit challenging. I mean, you can go check it out for yourself. It's a bit challenging to pronounce. But I do appreciate the fact that he changed it. 
Yes, uh, Diogu, a, a member of the Igbo uh, ethnic group, according to his uh, Wikipedia page. So uh, a, a name with which we're uh, we're not necessarily completely familiar. So uh, I certainly don't want to uh, mangle it too badly. And a uh, guy who certainly has gone by Ike Diogu uh, during his uh, basketball career in the United States. Yes. All right, so uh, we'll wrap this up by uh, mentioning another active player who uh, went to Arizona State. Josh Christopher. Um, 24th overall pick in the 2021 NBA draft, a rookie this year, averaged 7.9 per game for the Rockets, and a solid player for them, the Rockets this year. Wasn't amazing, but um, definitely a um, good player. Yeah, I mean, taken with the 24th overall pick in the uh, 2021 draft, so uh, very recently, and uh, just played one season at, uh, at Arizona State before making the move to the league. Yeah, which is pretty impressive, and his brother, Patrick Christopher, is also a yeah, I, th- I thought uh, that was an uh, interesting note. I mean, uh, I don't know how well-known that is. Patrick Christopher, uh, yeah, he, he's had a taste. He sure has. I mean, in um, 14, 15, he um, played one season in the average around 1.5 per game. <laughs> he did. So the bloodlines are, are, are strong for Josh Christopher. And, 13 um, years apart. Wow. Yeah, that's a, it's certainly a, a big difference. Josh Christopher, only, only 20 years old, so... Uh, Definitely some, uh, some some excitement around him. It was certainly talked about as uh, as an athlete uh, coming into the draft, and I think, you know, certainly upside to explore with this guy. Yeah, and um, Patrick Christopher is 33. Yeah, well, you know, wow. there's all, all kinds of different family situations out there. And, uh, yeah, Josh Christopher a lot younger than, uh, than his brother. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah, that's uh, that, that's that's about what we got on these uh, these Arizona State guys. I, I think a pretty uh, pretty strong group for uh, uh, for one of these college teams. I would say. Okay. All right. So uh, let's uh, let's just run down who you had on your squad uh, uh, in terms of your bench, and, and we can uh, we can get on out of here. Yeah, for my bench, I had Fat Lever, Freddie Lewis, Lauren Mel, Hollins, Curtin and Fist, um, Eddie Howes, against Jordan Ayers. And I had on my bench uh, Fat Lever, Freddie Lewis, Eddie House, Lionel Hollins, Kurt Nymphius, Mark Landsberger, and Isaac Austin. Uh, with, with apologies to the other Arizona State players who uh, have made their way to the NBA or ABA, uh, that's all we got for you this, uh, this week. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, joining you for another one of these episodes uh, next week. Bye. Oh, Go ahead. Um, and if you want to um, check out other good podcasts, um, check out Favorites with Ava Metz or um, some of our um, other episodes. Yeah, we got a lot of them. Uh, dig into the archives. And uh, until then, see you next week.